The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to another edition of Positive Talk Radio. It's Wednesday afternoon. I hope that you're all well and are having a great day. And I know, as a matter of fact, I get a chance to talk to my friend Eric. And, Eric, I just wanted to say, you know, you've got one of those jobs that is just, I don't know, you're happy all the time, but it's also a joyful experience. And I know that when you go home every day from work, as you're driving in your car to where you live, you're saying to yourself, man, I've had a joyful day. Life has just been wonderful for me today, right? Oh, you know me all too well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's really cool. because Some days uh, I do more of that than other days. Let's put it that way. Some days uh, I'm not quite so centered. That's because you're called a human being. And because that sometimes... By we most people. By... <laughs> <laughs> Some people, people use who, other terms. <laughs> by people who love and care for you. They they uh you you you're a great guy and I I really appreciate you working on the show and doing what you do for us. It's awesome. Thank you. And uh and by the way, if you are if you like what we do here on Positive Talk Radio, if you believe in the mission uh, that we are doing here which is to make the planet a better place and to help each other thrive and to live well. That's why we have the guests that we have on today. But first, I'm going to let you know that you can join my team if you want to go to positivetalkradio.net. There are ways that you can sponsor us, that you can work with us. And, and uh, it would be a great uh, privilege and honor to have you join our team. So we do that. <clears throat> we do this, excuse me, as a public service. So this is commercial free. So we get to talk with our guest for the next 55 minutes or so, and it's going to be commercial free, and we're going to have a really good time. I want to introduce to our audience, she's been here before, but if you didn't catch that show, you can catch this show because you're already right there. And it, by the way, if you're sitting in your car and you're on your way home from work and you're thinking to yourself, why do I feel this way when I come home from work? Why aren't I happy? Why, aren't I, why, why are not, I not joyful at the job that I have? The young lady that we have today is going to be talking about that. She's an author. She is, uh, you've seen, Anne Scott, Scotland is her name. She's a star of national and international films. She's been on uh, commercials. She's got a popular Twitter page magazine called at surprisingly enough at Anne scotland which receives more than two and a half million 
That's million viewers a month, which, by the way, is 30 million a year. And I think that's more than the, the population of like California or some silly thing. So, you know, it's she's got she's she's got a lot going on because she's got a real positive attitude about life and what she does. And, and not only is she an actress of note, but she is also like an I said, an author of live for joy and she's also got a series of, of things and you can follow along with us by going to annscotland.com that's annscotland.com and if you're driving i don't recommend it but if you if you are not driving i highly recommend that you go look at her website there's tons of stuff there there's even a former episode of this here radio show that she was on and uh, we're so happy that she's here and how are you this fine day i am just grateful to be here again i'm back seattle <laughs> and by the way even though this is audio i have to tell you she is wearing a very fashionable hat and she she looks the part she's she really is um someone that that is working to to help the planet live a more joyful existence. And I guess I'll start with the, the question that you get on probably every interview you ever do is what's the difference between joy and happiness? Uh-huh, the question, the big question. Well, they're cousins, right? You can't just exclude one from the other. Right. But for my, for my purposes, um, I define joy and happiness a little bit differently. To me, happiness is binary either you are happy or you aren't because we learn from social media from advertising from everything else that it's all about where you're at or what you have that makes you happy you know who are you dating right now or uh what kind of car are you driving are you still driving that old jalopy or you got that new audi like so are you like and you feel like you have to be happy if you have things and it's very material based so either you are or you aren't it's kind of binary um, and I think it's really unfortunate because it's kind of warped the meaning of happiness a little bit. Joy, on the other hand, I see as, as, as a very deep internal thing. You know, when you watch little babies just giggle and laugh because they just don't know that the world can be a hard place yet. <laughs> just, that, that is the most adorable laughter that you will ever hear. It, it makes people laugh. Uh, it does. Just, yep. It does. And, um, I even watch those, I'm just confessing here. I even watch those toddler videos. I don't, and I don't have kids. I watch those toddler laughing videos sometimes. I do on YouTube or on thumb, just so I can see their laugh because it does make me laugh. But joy is something that's like much more deep and organic. And it's something that I think every human being is born with or most human beings are born with that birthright of joy. And as we grow older and more cynical and more tired and bored and annoyed, we kind of feel like either we don't deserve it anymore or that it's not accessible to us or we've lost it. But what I teach is it's actually still in there. And I like to say, let's peel back the onion a bit and find it because who would want to live a boring, drab, miserable life if you could be joyful in any circumstances? You know, I think the pandemic has gone, first of all, to be sure, the pandemic has been difficult for everybody and it's, it's been hard for us. But one of the positive things that's come out of the pandemic, I think, and I'd like your opinion on this, is that people are not willing to settle like they once were. People are saying, I don't know that I want to go back there. 
because I didn't find joy. I wasn't happy with what I was doing and I wasn't joyful in the expression of it. Do you find that to be the case? Yeah, I think so, which is why I also do corporate consulting and they say, how do we keep our employees? <laughs> I'm like, well, let's talk about that. We can uh, help, help them become more joyful human beings and then they might feel a little more joyful at work and make that environment more joyful. But absolutely, I think it was kind of a reality check for all of us. And um, partly, what is my quality of life? What is my purpose of life? What's the meaning of life? And if you're working a job that just gives you absolutely no joy, but you live in a nice house, is that worth it? Um, you know, I've met some very amazing people all around this globe, rich people, famous people, people with nothing, very poor, barely the shirt on their back. And I've met more happy people with barely a shirt on their back than I have rich and famous in Hollywood, I can tell you that. So joy is not just about what you have. And uh, people are starting to finally realize that, I think. You know, the um, question that I'm hearing all the time of late, there are two questions. Well, the first, the first one is, is this all there is? There has to be more. I can't believe is it, it. Really? Is this it? Is this all I get? And the other one is, why am I here? What am I here to do? What am I passionate about? And do you find that those two questions are, are paramount on a lot of people's minds? Yeah, with that first one, I really thought you were Gen Z there for a minute. but. <laughs> I work with a lot of those great people and they are definitely often searching. Um, but yeah, I think this is on everyone's mind. I think um, for the older crowd, right? It, it's kind of like, I've lived this long, I've worked this hard and I kept thinking I would get somewhere with my happiness, with my joy, um, like a, a level of contentment, a level of being satisfaction with life, right? Satisfaction doesn't mean settling, by the way. Satisfaction and contentment, other people are terrified. Really motivated people are terrified by the word contentment because they think that that means they're just going to like turn into a blob and do nothing for the rest of their life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just content. I'm just going to stay in this space and float. No, it's so much more about being very present in the moment and learning to do that. So yeah, what is the meaning? What is the purpose? And that is a lot of what I do in my work with my clients, with my coaching, with my retreats, with my writing, which is, yeah, let's redefine our vision and purpose and let's really fuel that once we identify it with the power of joy as really a new idea. You know, I was looking at your website and one of the things that you say on your website, which I think is very true, is happiness can be an external thing, but joy always comes from within. Is that true? Yes, it is. I love that one. It's in the book too. You see the book behind me here. Yes, which is called Live for Joy, by the yes. way. I highly recommend that you pick it up. <laughs> Live for Joy. Um, and it's, 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 it's really a joy because it's a piece of, it's a piece of artwork. It's a full experience, not just words on the page. They're all short original quotes by yours truly with, um, international art photography. Um, have you got yours yet, Kevin? Cause if you don't, I need to make sure that happens. So you have to talk to me after the show. We'll, we'll, we'll hook up. We'll, yes. <laughs> 
something's gonna happen here. Um, but and I and it's on the website, which is and I'll spell that for those of you who are driving. It's not Scotland like the country. It's Scotlin, L-I-N. So A-N-N-E, S-C-O-T-T-L-I-N. But um, but yeah, how can we how can we find that purpose? And then how can we redefine it with joy? And you got you got my mind working already on Eric when, when you're opening. Like, how can we make Eric's commute more joyful? <laughs> Well, he he actually lives a little ways away, and if you've been in traffic oh. in Seattle, it it can be less than a joyful experience. Oh well, I knew that. I was in your lovely city where I was also born, as I think I told you last time. Yep. I was in your lovely city on Saturday, um, and it was a spectacular day. Saturday, I was just at the at SeaTac, but I went outside for five minutes, and I was just like, "This is the the." quintessential beautiful seattle day and just so you know i won't tell you exactly where but i live within five minutes of the airport so <laughs> the next time you come by i'm gonna have to come by and, and okay and give if you i a get a layover because sometimes i fly out of international there i'll have you come over for a coffee <laughs> absolutely that would that would that would be that would be terrific because you know in your life you know okay there's going to be somebody out there there always is that's going to say oh yeah sure Anne's beautiful. She's been an actor. She's done movies. She's got a career in, in, in this and she, and she does the genius of joy and she's got all of this. And of course she's joyful. She's got nothing bad has ever happened to her. She's always, you know, upbeat and positive and, and, and is always perfect, but that's, that's really not necessarily so, is it? No, it is not. So, um, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you um, my drive to be find joy and have it in my own life and then share it has been a lifelong process through, in some ways I've been fortunate. I wasn't born rich, but I, you know, I have met really good people in my life. I've made most of my own opportunities though. That's hard work and it's not always joyful work. Um, I've met a lot of people in, you know, in, in, in the field of acting and movies and production. And a lot of those people are working hard or they're not often working, which is a big problem. Actors is like the, the highest overstocked industry in the world. <laughs> there is like a, in, a thousand in, in, actors for every role that says, here, would you like coffee? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and just as, for those of you who may not know, um, I, uh, I, when I was young, I wanted to be an actor and, uh, I was told by my drama coach that, um, it's, it's a hard way to make a living. And if to get in there, now take this in, if you would, ladies and gentlemen, to get into the screen actors guild, which is the union that you have to be a member of to, to really work and, and to get paid well. That in order to get into that union, you have to have had a speaking part in a production of some kind. Now, in order to get a speaking part in a production of some kind, you have to be a member of the Screen Actors Guild. So it's a catch-22. <laughs> and then on top of that, when you make it into the Screen Actors Guild, there is, uh, I believe, about 25, at least there were at that time, 25 or 30,000 members of the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, I think Guild. we're about 250,000 now. And of those, probably, I'm going to be real generous and say 20,000 of them make a living as an actor. Yeah, it's very, it's very low. It's the, um, 
you know, and I hate to say it because it's an industry I'm passionate about, but it has the highest unemployment of, uh, of any, um, help me here, guild, what am I trying to say? Union. Union, thank you, I went blank there. Highest unemployment rate of any union in the country, obviously, because of that ratio is, is so low. Um, so, you know, you talk about that's that's a hard place to live and it's not always fun. And I, I dealt with years of depression there. I also enjoyed a lot of the work I was able to do, but it's it's a very brutal business. And what's interesting is that often people like myself who have a real heart for humanity and want to tell a story and want to open people up in an emotional way and let them like breathe and feel and laugh and cry. We're really sensitive kind of people often. We're kind of have this sensitive instrument, we say. Um, and then you go into one of the most brutal um, dog eat dog environments <laughs> um, to try to independently ply your wares, which is you. <laughs> so it is crazy. It is crazy. But yeah, I, I haven't always been joyful. In fact, a lot of it, it's very weird. Um, I'll keep it to very short stories. My childhood was a very unusual one. I was homeschooled in a very isolated place for a very long time. Um, no TV, no radio, no fiction, no schools. Um, I was in a very religious family. And, you know, one of those, one of those side effects of doing your religion right is being really joyful. But the truth of it was, no matter how hard I tried to do everything right, I wasn't always joyful. And then you kind of lapsed into that feeling of guilt and failure. And so I had to, at some point, I was like, okay, later in life, it's like, there has to be a way to access, you know, these, these scientific <laughs> hormones in our bodies, these joy elements to express joy, to feel joy, to regenerate with joy. And if you're religious, awesome. And if you're not, that's okay too. But let's find tools to help everybody be joyful because you know what? It is the universal language of this world. There is no one on the planet that you can't share a smile or a laugh with or connect with. You don't have to speak their same language. You don't have to agree with their politics. You don't have to agree with where they live. You don't have to agree with their religion, any of it, but you can connect through a smile, through laughter, through expressions of joy, through, you know, 10 people from different places laughing at the same puppy, you know, chasing, chasing the chickens around the yard, whatever it is, right? <laughs> can you tell I came from the country now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can. But let me, let me circle back around that. No TV, no radio. How did you, how did you survive that? A lot of depression, which I think is a really authentic answer. Um, partly when you're that sheltered, you don't know that you're that sheltered. I mean, you kind of do, but it, I was, it was from birth up. So I didn't really, it wasn't like I experienced quote unquote, the real world and then had it taken away. So you develop a very lopsided view of others and of the world and who good people are and who bad people are and your agenda for life becomes very myopic of what you're expected to do. And in this case, you know, almost exclusively to promote your own belief system, right? On other people. Uh, again, and I'm not, I'm not shaming religion in any way. I'm just saying anything to an extreme can be an unhealthy space. Yes, and for a child who has no other exposure to the world, it can be it's been a, it was hard to wrestle out of that. And it took me well into my twenties. It was a long time. 
And I have to, I have to ask you this question and I'll preface it by saying this. I went to a parochial school until I was in my eighth grade. I went to school with the same 14 kids for the entire eight years. There were uh, eight boys and, and uh, six girls. And, and so that was, that was it. Now take me then. And then I go to, to um, high school in ninth grade at Juanita High School in Kirkland, and it was an experimental school at the time, and there were more kids there than I had ever seen in my entire life, and I was like, it was like craziness, and so when you were, you were homeschooled till you were 15, mm -hmm. so when you came out of that into the world, what was that like for you? Well, it was just a little tiny step, because what I did, was I was permitted to join a very religious school for high school um, that had 70 students in the whole high school. So you know what I'm talking about. So my next four years, though, as opposed to elementary or middle, my next my four years of high school was also in a, in a very tiny environment of like minded people, as in parents like mine sent their kids there. So while you started occasionally hearing the, you know, the pop song or, you know, you know kind of learning that there were certain things in, called fashion and trends and like I had never worn makeup in my life. I didn't know how to use a curling iron. I was, you know, a real bumpkin. <laughs> That's been a long time since I've needed a curling iron. There are iron, pictures I'll tell to you. prove it that are locked far, far away. <laughs> But okay, so now getting out of high school, where, where, so let me ask you, where was it when then this great awakening of all these people showed up of different face, different, different, uh, they look differently, they, they love people differently and all of that, that must have been a shock to your system. Yeah, so then I took a slightly bigger step <laughs> and <laughs> went uh, across the country to the south to, um, it was a liberal arts college, but basically a Bible college. Um, that had maybe 2,500 students, which was the most people I'd ever seen in my life in that particular instance, uh, and did four years and did my four years there, including studying religion as one of my degrees. So I was still very much immersed and in that culture, both in my, you know, in my religious culture, as well as Southern culture to a certain extent, at least when I was there, getting married young was like, the thing to do, the norm, the highly encouraged. So before I even graduated from college, I had already gotten married the first time. Oh man, that would, that would be something. Well, you know, and I was reading your bio and one of the things that you, and I'm a bit of a history buff myself. One of the things that you majored in or got a degree in was medieval history. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I did, uh, one of my undergrad degrees was in history and then my graduate degree was in um, ancient and medieval history. Um, this is really interesting. So I had had always had a fascination with sort of ancient history because uh, it overlaps into the history of our major religions. It was already part of what I was, quote unquote, sort of allowed to study. So I ended up studying religion and then also studying history. And in college, that was the first time where I started seeing that not everything was as I had been told from one point of view. And so even in college, I was, I was still very much on the straight and narrow, but I was having a lot of um, struggles in my mind to reconcile things. You know, 
Um, I mean, just Europe, medieval Europe, right? Catholics and Protestants, you know, and everyone always wants to have the good guy and the bad guy and you're raised a certain way. And then you're like, well, wait a minute, but these people also killed these people and they did what? And, you know, pretty soon you're like, oh, that wasn't quite what I thought it was. So, you know, the cat started getting one paw out of the box at that point. (laughs) (laughs) exactly well i I wanted to ask you about medieval history because uh, i you know i'm really unclear on this point but when king arthur pulled the sword out of the stone how did he do well wait a minute i guess that's that would be mythology i would say he could do anything because he was a legend (laughs) (laughs) so 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 you your life has been a progression out of all of those things and and you became really uh, how did you from a a perspective of having that kind of a life how could you how did you become an actress <laughs> that's a good question i'm going to step back one because you mentioned the medieval history and i didn't really answer your last last question fully so when i had to write um my thesis for ancient medieval for medieval history um i have of course was always motivated by strong women characters Partly because I grew up in an environment where that wasn't encouraged uh, in in many, many ways. So I was, but it's like, I was born, you know, like you're born, I believe you're born with joy inside you. I was born with a personality that was a strong woman (laughs) and put in an environment where that wasn't okay. So all my heroes were strong women, you know, past, present. And so I did my thesis on medieval women writers because I love to write. And, uh, and that turned out to be an award-winning thesis I, that I was very proud of. Uh, so again, I was talking about how do you make your way in the world? How do you find your joy against all odds? Because you know, in medieval times, the most writing a woman, a woman was really supposed to be able to do was to be able to do enough math and notes to manage the household pantry and to occasionally write correspondence to like other women or their sons or something. That was it. They weren't allowed to write books. They weren't allowed to publish books. That was, you know, actually physically risky. Well, I got to ask you, because in the in medieval times, even on stage in acting, all the female characters were actually played by men. Is that correct? Well, in Shakespeare's time, um, yes, they as far as we know, women weren't allowed to act. And if they were, it was very much like the peripheral stage where you would never let your good daughters go to watch. Um, (laughs) Maybe the traveling show, but in general, yeah, on the what was considered then the legitimate stage. Yeah, the all the women's parts were also played by men. So and it's interesting now because I've seen some of the Shakespearean classics coming out and in, in, on theater and, and uh, on the screen with reversed roles now with some of the women playing men's parts, which is really fun just to see the switch up. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, 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 that would be fun. That would yeah. Be fun. Yeah. So keep, keep going. Oh, yeah. So how did I become an actor? So when uh, I was doing my graduate work, um, about the time I was graduating, because I was going to, I wanted to be a professor of history at the time, because I love story, right? I love people. I love story. I love kind of like the incredible game that our minds are. Um, I love sociology. And so I thought being a professor would be something I would really enjoy doing. And I ended up graduating, getting out of graduate school, right smack dab in the middle of the recession around 2008, 2009. 
And they were laying off the PhDs at this point that had been working in universities for 10, 15 years um, in many cases. So there were negative zero, is that a number? I don't do math, well, jobs. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, was, there was less than one. There was less than one jobs. And even if you could get a job at community college and teach like four classes a semester, the pay was unbelievably low. Like you couldn't live on it. And I was in California at the time and was, it was, you couldn't live on it, literally. So um, one day I saw on one of those bulletin boards for anyone who went to college university, you know, and all those, all those classroom halls. And there's usually like a pegboard at the end of the hall. It's got right. all these yellow and purple and all. Some people have stapled things in. Other people use thumbtacks. It's just this big mess. And on there, there was an audition, uh, an audition casting call for a play. And I was like, hmm, well, I don't have anything else to do right now. So maybe I should go check that out. Maybe on acting would be a good way to make a lot of money. I think. <laughs> Speaking of what you said before, which is, <laughs> but anyway. What, what we don't know is okay. You know, we can, we can dream. So it was a while, it was a small production that I was auditioning for. So I went, I'd never been on an audition in my life. Although I did write my first play when I was 10. And of course I starred in it and it was of a very course. small deal at home in homeschool. <laughs> but anyway, you were um, you and your classmate, me and my classmate. Um, so I went in and turns out it was for the ancient Greek classic play about strong women called Lysistrata. Uh, who women were going purpose. to try to save their their nation, their Greek nation. Um, from men who were not fulfilling all their duties and keeping it strong and getting distracted by fighting each other and doing all these other things. Well, I was like, oh my goodness, here's this ancient literature play about, you know, ancient history, which, you know, it's a play, but I love. And I was like, why not? So I tried out, I tried out for the lead role and I got it. <laughs> I've never been in an acting class in my entire life. I've never been on an audition before. So I basically signed up for one of the hardest things I'd ever done in my life. And let me say, this wasn't a modern trans translation. This wasn't like the modern English version of Lysistrata. <laughs> this was kind of, how do I say it? It's basically like reading Shakespearean English. It's very awkward. Yes. It's, there's no flow. It's not like a normal TV show. So that massive script, memorizing that as my first project was insanely crazy. But I had a lot of fun. And after that, I thought, hey, that was kind of cool. Maybe I should look into getting an agent. Maybe I should look into getting headshots. And then, what's this SAG thing? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was in the San Francisco Bay Area at the time and then eventually ended up moving down to LA. But I think, Kevin, I think this is why. I think unbeknownst to me in a certain way from my background. And at this point I had been divorced in very unfortunate circumstances. And I felt like I had never in my life been given a voice. I'd never been allowed to express myself. I'd never allowed to be my own person and to fully be independent. And I felt like acting was giving me this opportunity like this hat, you could put on the hat and become anybody. And then you had permission to behave however your character wanted to or was supposed to behave. Um, in the sense that you could, you could get raging angry. And I came from a place where like anger wasn't permitted at home. Um, you, they had to teach me to say the occasional bad word because I literally couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
you can only imagine me up on stage and like, and you have to say it. I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> it's a bad word. It's like, it's in the script. You have to. <laughs> um, so that was a, that became an adventure of, I think partly finding myself, but also a great outlet for always have had the crazy active imagination, super creative, loved writing, loved people, loved stories, loved history. So it was a very natural fit in many ways. And fast forward, you know, we'll, we'll, we can talk about, you know, the famous people you've met and who's nice and who's naughty, but I don't think we need to go there. Um, but, uh, so you let's see some pics on my IMDb page. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and she's got agents in, uh, four different places. It's pretty amazing. And, and stuff. Yeah. So you Very are, you important. are. You are really busy doing that, but I, but I want to make sure that we don't run out of time because you're doing something this weekend that is really, really cool. What are you doing? It is. It is really cool. So this weekend, um, I am co-running a treat with a professional colleague of mine uh, in at Anna Maria Island in Sarasota, Florida, which is uh, May 1 through 6, and it's a, it's a, it's a whole retreat about personal development and finding your joy. Can you imagine anything more great than that? We, uh, it's a small number of people. It's, we got this luxurious, massive beach house, borderline mansion house that we're going to do it in and have a chef. And it opens up onto this huge pool. It's right on the beach. So we're going to unwind and get out of our everyday environments and then do some heart exploration. And just what you said before. What is, why am I here? What is my purpose? What is the meaning of life? Is this all there is? And can I find a more abundant way to live? Can I find a space of joy that would make what I have left of my life a really fantastic experience? And you're facilitating this, right? Yes, I am. That, which, I am is, which is awesome. By the way, go to Anne Scotland and that S C. O-T-T-L-I-N.com. And you can get more information about that. She's also got other, other um, uh, things that you can, the, the other, I really need to explain how to do that. And other, other programs and other events that you're going to be doing. And it's really is exciting that. Uh, Thank you. you Thank and, you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And if you have any, if anyone has questions, you can send me that message form. I hate those things, but if you look closely, my my email address is actually typed on it. So don't bother with the, the internet <laughs> form and just email me already. Um, that's that's and, how you're getting around the system. That's how I'm getting around. I hate those things. I'm like, I want to have a, a, a for, I want to be able to write as much. I want to be able to attach things. <laughs> So yeah, if anyone has any interest in that, and uh, this particular one just happens to be because of my colleague, um, a, a women's retreat, but we're planning on doing many more and in all inclusive. Um, so anything you have, any suggestions, ideas, if you're in a place like Seattle and you would like to have one, shout out to me. And yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we actually have one spot left even in Sarasota. So if you want to jump on a plane and join us Sunday night on the beach, in a life. mansion by the pool <laughs> i'm saying with a chef i'm saying <laughs> you know I, I i wanted to ask you too because you work with both men and women mm-hmm. but do you find that men are a bigger challenge to get them to open up and uh, feel the joy that's within them uh are they are we close to that because it's it's not manly for us to do that 
Well, my husband regularly tells me that he is my greatest source material. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, to be married to you. Wouldn't that be a pleasure? I'd... <laughs> he's like, you're so lucky to have me because I give you the ultimate challenge of being of joy. <laughs> like, yes, it's true. Um, he's an absolutely darling, wonderful, huge-hearted man. Um, absolutely love him. But, you know, some of us are literally born, and this is scientifically proven. Some of us are born a little bit glass half full, and others are born a little glass half empty. And then on top of that, we get whatever life brings us and hands out. And it, it, also our personalities, our health, our, you know, our overall mindset. There's so many attributes to happiness and joy. But to answer your question, I think... Uh, yeah, I think that men are a little slower to come out and express those things. But lately, and this is interesting that you asked this, because I think kind of after COVID, I have seen a lot of guys becoming a little more accessible, I think because of what's been going on in their mind. And of course, I like a challenge. So <laughs> I love working with all my male clients because you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, give you two sessions. You'll be good. You'll, you'll, we'll get it. We'll get you open up in a, in a way that makes you joyful. I think it can be different. I think it really depends on so much of what your life has been like. Um, you know, there's a lot of women who might open up quickly, but then there's some who are very reserved. And you know, that's a, like, that's a legitimate question to throw out there too. How do you, how do you help and teach? I'm asking you all this. How do you help and teach a very shy person to experience joy? Now there's a good question. I don't right? know. Yeah. Cause I've encountered a few people recently and I thought, you know, how do I, how do you, how do you, well, you see me here. I'm just this. I'm bubbly. I'm. This is how it goes. You're just like all over the place. You're just you're, you're and you've got lots of energy and 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 you're wonderful yeah. to be around. So I think listening is the the primary answer to that question. But it's always it, it's always a challenge and interesting to see how people relate. And it's so beautiful at you know some of these retreats. You know, last time I was on, I had just got back from the Bahamas, of watching people kind of unfold like a flower you know they came in the door like this tight tight bud that was never going to open and by the end they're just it's incredible to watch that kind of transformation and just watching that alone is enough for me if i never was in don't tell my agents because i do want to be in another other movie <laughs> if i was never in another movie <laughs> If I never published another book, if I, you know, just being there with people on that exploration journey where they see life through a whole new set of glasses um, and it's down to earth. It's not a bunch of fake stuff. It's not a bunch of formulas. It's not some kind of cult appeal, real simple steps that can make their life joyful and make them more successful. That's enough for me. That makes me so happy. Like that gives me joy, right? <laughs> Exactly. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think in, in the times that we're living in with COVID and the numbers of people that have been seriously impacted and have passed away. And I, maybe it's just me, but I'm noticing more and more that people my age, cause I'm, I'm just young and spry and all that, but a lot of guys, my age are passing away. And I think the message is getting out to people that don't wait. Yes. Don't do what you love to do today and, and make it work somehow. Yes. 
I'm so glad you said that because um, between my husband and I and between our friends and family, we lost a lot of people the last couple of years, including his father. I mean, close people. And, um, and then some of our extended friends and family who were in their early 50s. It seems just so young to, to have to be, and some of them, it wasn't even COVID. It just seemed like it was a really rough year for the, for both of us with a couple of years with losing people and really giving you um, food for thought. Now, here's an interesting thing about that, because now I told you a little bit about my husband, so he'll be, he'll, he'll be on the show one <laughs> he'll day. Be, he'll be thrilled. <laughs> He'll be on the show one day. No, he loves it. But um, how people react differently to that. Mm-hmm. So his reaction was, I want to retire sooner than I planned. You know, let's start planning for, and you know, let's make it happen that in five years, 10 years, whatever, I want to do a really early retirement. I want to be done. I just want to protect. I want to be with my, my family, with you, with our dogs in our home and just enjoy what life we have left. And then the way it went to me, having been cooped up for two years, which was extraordinarily painful for me, was, oh my goodness, I'm out of here. Like I am, like since they let, let us out, I've you know basically been traveling nonstop. I just got home from Greece on Sunday and now I'm leaving on Friday again. Um, I'm just like, I want to go out there and live and be like, what is meaningful to me? Yes, it's my family. Yes, it's my dogs. Yes, it's my husband. Yes, it's my home. But I also have like, I want to kick up my heels a bit still. I want to like shake things up. I want to make an impact on the world. And I'm not going to do that just sitting at home. In most cases, I'm going to have to get up and get out there. So I think we all manifest differently what it means to have a happy and fulfilling life. And that's something I, we take into account when I work with my clients. Everyone's got a different go-to. Exactly. Now, you mentioned that you were not really good at math, so I'm going to throw one at you okay. and see what you think. I am now older than my older brother. Okay, so he must be your stepbrother. No, no, he passed away. <laughs> <laughs> so he passed away. <laughs> oh, gotcha. That's like uh, a trick. That's like a bad trick question. It really is. I just made it up myself. I'm going to start using that. Since uh, it was but, you that did it, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, um, no, he was 18 months older than me, and oh. he passed away, obviously, more than 18 months ago. Yeah, that's um, weird, right? Yeah, and he was 64. Mm-hmm. And my best friend from high school was 64. And he yeah. passed away. So my, my advice to end, and by the way, I'm here to tell you, I'm living the time of my life. Yes. This is the most dynamic, wonderful time I've ever been in existence because, quite frankly, because I get to talk to you and I get to bring people to you, like you, to the Seattle market to talk about, God darn it, live in joy. You don't have that long to be here. You can have fun. You can you can live in joy, and you can spread that to other people. Absolutely. I mean, okay, positive talk radio is like was like the most. I I got so excited when I even heard that you that it existed and that you were doing this. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, really living because you know, um, it seems a little morbid to say say sort of like live every day as if it was your last because we all have to plan and we all have bills and mortgages and all that stuff so you do have to plan a little bit 
but in your heart, in your expression of your life, in how you prioritize your time and your money, how do you really live? How do you really live now? Like you're living out your dream in a way right now on this show, bringing healing, hope, and happiness to, to, to your community, to the world. Um, that's, that's a great place to be. And then it's not really our decision when, you know, our card is called, right? Or however you want to say that. Um, so when it's time, I'm going to be okay with it because I lived it. I don't regret anything that I, anything I might have regretted, I've learned from. So I don't regret it. And I'm like going for it, you know? Exactly. It's, it's like uh, I always say, our expiration date is on the bottom of your foot. And since I can't see the bottom of my feet, it's a good <laughs> mystery for me. That's, right. <laughs> that's, one of those good, that's, good, that's one of those good mixer questions, which is if you could, if you could know what, if you had, had the ability to find out when you were going, when your expiration what date was, and you had the option to know or not know, what would you choose? That's one of those. Yeah. It's one of those dark party questions, right? Would you? <laughs> yeah, let's let's have a good time and talk about what. Is, would do you want to know or do you not want to know? I personally I would not want to know. Personally, I I quite frankly I don't care because I'm going to have ever I'm going to live every day absolutely with with fun and joy in my heart. Now I'm told. Now this is positive talk radio, and I'm told that when I was two years old and I was in the playpen, my grandmother told me this. She'd say, "You were such a happy baby. You just we would just walk by and and pick you up and say hi and put you down, and you'd say, okay, next time I see you is great and stuff." And I and I grew up relative, so maybe that's part of my DNA. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a big this is a big part of it. Um, there's you know, we all, <laughs> I'm going to do some promotion here that doesn't help me at all. But if you don't mind, I'm going to share the name of a book that's oh, not please. my own. Please, if it will so, help my audience, you may say anything. It will absolutely not. help your audience. So what I said is that biologically, like genetically, some of us were all born with different chemical ratios that predispose us towards happier personality or more discontent. So there's actual, like, that's how you're born. You get a little advantage or disadvantage in that department. Then you have life on top of that. So a very happy baby could have a very unfortunate life and be an unhappy person or vice versa. Um, but there's this really great book, um, scientific book by Mark Wolin, spelled W-O-L-Y-N-N. -N. That's really hard for this looks like person to read. W-O-L-Y-N-N, Wolin. Mark Wallen, and it's called It Didn't Start With You. I'm showing you the book here. It's called It Didn't Start With You. And it's an incredible book, uh, a journey that helps, ex he explains how um, our gene expression and neuroscience is more than just our biology. It even goes deeper into our personality and even into almost a weird mental memory from other relatives we've had, from parents, from grandparents, and experiences they've had. Uh, so we won't go too far out there, but he's very scientific. So we're not, it's not woo woo at all. And he has a lot of case studies in there, but if you ever feel like, you know, I have, you know, kind of done everything right, but then I still really suffer. I always get really depressed around a certain time of year, or I have a really weird phobia of something that makes absolutely zero sense. Maybe you've had therapy for it and you work on it, but literally it just makes no sense. This is a great book to read because I, I learned some things about some of my own habits and issues and phobias 
um, that were basically inherited. And I had no idea that that was even a thing. So I love, it didn't start with you. It takes a lot of pressure off. It really does. It really <laughs> does. If you, if you, if you're okay with the fact that, that genetically speaking, um, it's, it comes down from your ancestors, mm -hmm. which by the way, if you, to take a little bit more of the woo woo side of it mm -hmm. would be that that's one of the reasons why you were born into this line of succession, because it has the degree of things that you want to work on in this life. Mm -hmm. And then that can be part of your overall, overall mission while you're here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm only chuckling because I absolutely agree with you. And so <laughs> I told my husband last week, I said, and this is the joy gal. That's me. Right. I said, golly gee, if there's a next life, it's going to be freaking amazing. Cause I've had to do so much work in this one. <laughs> like every single thing has been uphill and, uh, <laughs> but but then it makes me even motivated and I don't have a firm grasp on the future or the afterlife personally even but I'm like if there was such a thing then I would still be wanting to be go for it 100% and learning the lessons now because god dang it I don't want to have to learn them again <laughs> that's right that's right you don't you don't want to be a repeat uh, uh repeat offender and doing the same things no. all the time like, let's just do it and get it over with let's get it done do the work and I think what's really amazing about the work I do, and you know, even if someone chooses to read Mark Wolin's book, is regardless of your predispositions or how life has treated you, there are tools, techniques, processes, simple, simple, achievable things that can really transform and change your life. And you know, maybe that means for someone who's severe clinical anxiety and depression, they're also seeing a mental health professional. But almost everything we teach a mental health professional would definitely approve of and say you should, you know, do these things because you can, you can turn the tables, you can turn the tide. So if you ever think that, you know, every once in a while I get a lost cause or for me, one of my, you know, Achilles heel and there's some definite genetics there, clear, is depression then uh, every once in a while you're like, it's just what's the, you know, what's the point? It's so hard. I don't know if I could ever fix it enough to be happy don't don't buy into that because there is there is a way and there are people who love to help you like me and like kevin and so many others it's don't give up because there is joy for you yet and i don't care how old you are even some of the most joyful people i've met and some of the grumpiest have been <laughs> Some very elderly people. I used to, one of the things that my parents did do is they would used to take us to the nursing homes to sing. <laughs> yes, I have lots of fond memories of all of that, sights and smells and everything. It's traumatizing. But anyway, <laughs> but there was such a mixture of people from just, you know, the most discontent and grumpy, miserable human beings to some of the happiest most free and joyful people I've still ever met. And if you ever want a real pick me up, just jump on YouTube and search, um, um, what are they called? The hundred year old people? I just came right out oh, of my head. Centurions or cents. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say, but I know that's not right. But that's probably know. not right, yeah. <laughs> um, centenarians, I think. Uh, you, you just search that on YouTube 
you want to you want to cheer up and feel better about your circumstances there's video after video of video after video of these 100 year old people that are being interviewed about their life and what they would have done differently and some of these people are so joyful and happy to this day with all their aches and pains at that age with so many people they've lost so if you want to pick me up go watch those videos because seriously when you're done you're kind of like I, you, you don't have any excuses <laughs> exactly and you know it, since you mentioned that I, I had to bring this up because the other day i was i was uh on in in the news it was like the oldest man in the woman or the oldest man in the world dies and i'm saying to myself well that's good news for somebody because now they're the oldest person in the world. So <laughs> it might not be for very long, but you know, there are ways that you can look at life with a little bit of humor and a little uh, bit of laughter. Yes. And so now, because you've made me do it, I'm going to pull my book off the shelf <laughs> <God>. because <laughs> I have to tell you one of my favorite chapters, which is the last chapter, chapter 12. So this is 285 color illustrated pages. And this is Live for Joy, the book. Live for Joy. You can find it on the website or Amazon or on Amazon. The last chapter is called uh, Learn to Love the Endings. Ah learn to love the endings and it's really one of my very favorite favorites um because a lot of times the endings are just an initiation they're they're rituals of new beginnings even even death can be there's a whole movement that's called a death positivity movement i'm just throwing that out there for anyone who needs Ooh. to have a little exploration around that if you feel like that's something that would help you um you know because if the end of a relationship or a job or even perfect health it offers in new opportunities to grow and to learn and mature. And that's what that chapter is about, like the upside of endings and just, you know, how do you find the joy even in those circumstances? Um, yeah. And so I love that. That's one of, one of the beautiful things of life actually is the endings. I love well, it. All. You, in order to have a new beginning, you have to have an ending. Absolutely. And that's so, just the natural cycle of things. So I'm going to do this, but first I want to make sure that we get the information out. Go to Anne Scotland, C or S C O T T. It's my middle name, by the way, uh, L I N.com and get all of her information. And when she's going to be doing another retreat, you can do that. And, uh, also go to positive talk radio, excuse me. Yes. Positive talk radio.net. That's my site. I should mention, uh, that you can go and find out a bunch of stuff about me and the show that we do. And, and we've got a minute and a half left. I wanted to give you the opportunity to say to our audience, anything you'd like them to know. Anything you'd like them to know. Okay, so I'm going to talk about joy and your favorite things. And I don't care if you remember that song from that old Julie Andrews classic, Sound of Music, about their favorite things. But it's a really good one if you're old enough to remember it. Um, one of the best things about bringing more joy into your life is becoming really conscious about what your favorite things are and what really brings you joy. For me, one of those things is dogs. It just is. I can't explain it, but it brings me such immense joy. Dogs, puppies. And so you don't always have to be with them to experience that joy. You can just sit sometimes, Eric, in your car. <laughs> you can think about what are some of the things in your life that really bring joy to you, a memory that brings a smile to your face. Instead of practicing worrying about the next thing, try to spend more time remembering and physicalizing, bringing that joy and those emotions back into your body. So give it a try because it's really surprising how much it can kind of kickstart your joy. 
you're perfect. You must be an actress or something. You picked the the correct amount of time. Something like that. You did you did really well. And by the way, tomorrow morning when you get out of bed and you have your coffee and you do all the stuff you got to do and then you walk out of your house, I want you to stop. I want you to stop and look around and see what a beautiful place you live in and why it's going to be a great day for you that day. Ann Scotland has been our guest. Go to annscotland.com. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having Thank you. Thank you, here. Kevin. Always a thrill to be here. Thanks for letting me share. And we'll be back Friday and uh, be kind to one another because, you know, each other's all we got. We'll see you next time.